Hey guys, welcome along to another Blind Guy Talks Tech for the week beginning the 28th of March 2020. Another big week on the show, lots of interesting conversations to be had and for you to contribute to all the details on how you can get involved coming up. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. Oh, yes, it's me. Hello. Uh, we've got the other blind guy with us as well. Sean Priest is over there somewhere in a shed in Manchester, England. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Stephen. Happy Monday. How are you, sir? Oh, do you know, I'm feeling good today. I actually feel it's so nice to feel good again. Ah, COVID. You've beat it then. I have beaten it with a big dose of, um, well, nothing really, to be honest. You can't well, treat if I know, it. If I know you, it's biscuits and crisp. Well, I have to tell you, you know, I was really <laughs> hoping, I was really, really hoping that COVID was going to let me lose some weight. I thought this is going to be my chance. I am going to be slim. But no. <laughs> and? Uh, uh, no, frankly, no. I, I, I think I've probably put on weight as a result of COVID because that's the thing. My appetite didn't go at all. No, well, that's fine. You couldn't taste anything, though. There was a period, there was like a couple of days, certainly one day in particular, where two things happened. One was absolutely terrifying. The other one was just weird. Uh, and it started with a tuna sandwich. Uh, no, I... <laughs> wow. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you sitting down for this story? Um, so, yeah, so I've got the tuna sandwich going, right? And I'm like... <sighs> trying to sniff this tuna sandwich, in case you're wondering what that meant. That and was gross. Yes, it was a bit, yeah. I'm still not completely over this thing. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, try sniff the tuna sandwich. Couldn't smell it. Couldn't smell the tuna at all. No smell. And you know what tuna's wow. like? It's pretty pungent. Yep. Nothing. Then, that was bad enough. Then I thought, okay, so I've obviously lost my sense of smell. Later that day, I swear to you, vision in my right eye, gone. No. Yeah. Lasted well, five hours. Yeah. And then came back. And I honestly, I didn't tell a soul to my wife until about three days later because I was kind of wanting to see if it came back and stayed back because I thought yeah. maybe this is something else. And it's interesting because I've been talking to people in Clubhouse. Uh, obviously, they know everything. And they were saying, uh, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to get, you know, whatever you have, whatever condition you've got, whatever it might be, it's just going to get worse with COVID. So what? having so your blindness having, gets gets worse. Yeah, vision could get blurry or or worse. Um, I mean, I think I still had a bit of vision in it, but it wasn't wasn't much at all. I mean, I could barely mm-hmm. see anything out of it, and that lasted for the best part of, like I say, you know, that lasted about four or five hours. Oh, thank God it came back. But um, scary. Yeah, it was. It was really scary. But then you know, after I got it back, I was more concerned about not smelling the tuna anymore because I quite like tuna. <laughs> you know. Cool. Uh, but. After all that long, long, long story, the fact is you're feeling better then. The short answer is yes, I'm feeling fine. Um, I want to start with an email today. Uh, and thank you for all your emails that you send in. We get to all of them, as much as we can of them, on the weekend edition. And and mostly we do get through all of them, um, partly because we've got the time to do it. We've even given you an extra episode at the weekend <laughs> to shoot on in more emails, uh, which is great. So thank you for that. But uh, actually, we've had an email today from uh, Rebecca, a couple of emails, because Rebecca does like to get involved with the show. I love when uh, she gets in in touch. And uh, she got in touch with a question regarding her iPhone. She's got an SE 2020, and she's asking what benefit the SE 2020 would bring. Does the A15 processor make a difference? And she does mention the fact, as I did, 
uh, not only on this uh, podcast, but also on Double Tap, I mentioned that the SE 2022 does not get as hot as previous versions. The SE 2020 did, the iPhone 8 does. Um, and, you know, that's that's quite a big deal for a lot of people. I mean, it's not such a big deal when it's charging because you kind of expect that. Um, yeah. But when it comes to daily usage, you don't really want your phone running boiling hot. I find that with the iPhone minis as well. The iPhone 12, the 13 mini did the same thing. In fact, I'll tell you, the worst app for it is Clubhouse. Is it? Oh, that that is the only time I've ever had a warning come up on my screen saying phone closing down because of overheating. Wow, really? Now, now, I sh- I, well, I should be clear on this. I was running Clubhouse and charging the device because the battery was going down so fast. I was charging the device at the same time and it couldn't yeah, well, a lot of people do that. There's nothing, yeah. with- nothing wrong with that. I have noticed, though, sometimes if you find an app is doing that, just uninstall it and reinstall it again. Just make sure there's not a problem going on because I've had a few apps where they've been a little bit inconsistent, a few problems, and it was burning up as well, getting hot. And I uninstalled and reinstalled, and it sorted it all out. It was just, uh, it must have been a slightly glitchy install. Yeah. So it's always worth trying that. But undoubtedly, there is there are always going to be some apps that are working so hard that you're going to heat up. But, you know, I, we haven't done an episode on the SE2022 here on Blind Guy yet, but, and I'll be honest, I've kind of resisted it because there's not a huge amount to say. This design is exactly the same design as you would have had in the iPhone 2020 model SE and previously to that, the iPhone 8, even arguably going back to the iPhone 7. Um, some even saying it's similar to the iPhone 6S. The only difference being is that the Touch ID button has gone from being a physical button to a haptic button. A yeah. um, couple of things about this that have been, um, I think, for me, really good. Yes, you can definitely notice. I wouldn't say a massive difference with the processor. I don't think you're fully aware of the the real difference it makes because the processing power in these devices is pretty good anyway. And I've often thought that the SE was a pretty sparky device. Um, Absolutely. I'd say it's got a little bit more kick in it, but it's very, I mean, you know, Touch ID is a bit faster launching apps is a bit quicker so yeah you can you can feel a little bit of difference on it but in terms of overall obviously you've got the 5g now in there which if that matters to you that's great for me it doesn't because where i live doesn't have 5g most places don't have 5g no so it's not really a, a deal breaker for me on that one but i suppose it's good to have interestingly though the speakers now comparing this to the iphone 13 mini that i've now left behind i will say i think that although the speakers are not as good it's louder, if that makes sense. So I'd say that you get a richer sound off the Mini and a richer sound off the 13 and the, the Pro and all the rest of it. And certainly when you get to the Pro Max, the audio inside is, is beautiful. It's a gorgeous sound. What, what I will say is that it kind of compensates a little bit in terms of the richness of the voice. So for us, for voiceover, I, I think it's actually a nicer sound. It's, it's much clearer, much louder, and I need that. Not, not that I have any hearing problems at all, I don't, but... You know, when you're outside, you know what it's like. You've got so much noise around you. Yep. Being able to get the voice to cut through all that is good, and this does. There's another thing about this that I think um, we talk a lot about the Touch ID. I talk about Touch ID all the time and how much I love it and I love my home button and all that. There's an interesting thing here, and this is a complete aside, arguably, and I wouldn't even necessarily call it an accessibility function, but bear with me on this. When you turn the phone off, how do you know it's actually off? Because the amount of times I go to power off my device and I'm wondering, is it actually off? Because when I go to restart it, I hold in the power button, nothing's happening. 
Now that's yep. usually because it's taking time to, you know, it's doing that spin out where it's taking a bit of time to turn off and you don't know if it's gone. With the Touch ID button, as I've just pressed, um, with the Touch ID <laughs> button, because it's a taptic or a haptic, however you call it, button, it kind of almost turns to cement as soon as the phone turns off. So you don't get the click anymore. It just goes flat. So you, you press it, nothing happens. But that is the trick to knowing the phone is off or on. Oh, you're a genius, sir. That makes total sense. Absolutely. And it's still sort of... I find it amazing that there isn't a vibrate on power on or power off option on these phones yet, on the iPhones. I, I just think, why aren't Apple putting that in? Because it is important. Well, it is. And, but it's interesting, isn't it, that you know, just a little thing like that, it's just a bit of a cheat mode to get you to know whether or not it this is. is actually on or off. And, of course, you, you know, if you've got mute on or off, that'll tell you if... It does depend because the phone can be quite... I mean, I noticed the other day I turned mine off and then put it back on again and voiceover didn't start up on the on the initial login, or, you know, the part where you have to put in the, the pin. And that pin. was very awkward. I've had that where it says button, button, button for the numbers as well a couple of times now. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. I, yeah. Think, I think the login part could do some work and I don't know if that's an iOS thing or it's a phone thing. I don't know. I don't think I've had this problem before. From memory so maybe it's mm. just an ios 15 thing um but no i mean certainly overall i think a great little device and i don't want to spend too much time on it because to be honest you know if, if you're asking the question should you upgrade from the iphone se 2020 to this model in 22 i think the answer is does the battery in the 2020 bother you enough because if you're at home a lot and rebecca from her emails suggests to me you are at home quite a lot a bit like myself then you're not out enough to notice the problem However, if the battery does mean something to you, then yes. I mean, again, I did it again today. I did this two days in a row now. I've not connected this to a charger for a full 24-hour period, and I'm not getting it below 75% on decent I'm usage. I'm sorry. That's, that's crazy talk. I don't know how, what you're doing there, because I've some of the reviews, they're just saying, you won't get a full day out of this. No way. Oh, no, I mean, I get, I get a full day out of this. I mean, it's not, it's not getting calls. I mean, am, am I using it? Am I hammering it? No, I'm not. I'd say I'm using it like a regular person. I'm not, you know, going out of my way to tackle yeah. it. And maybe that's the difference. Obviously, if I did that, if I spent a whole day in Clubhouse or a whole day sending messages or a whole day on Twitter or a whole day doing this or a combination of all of it, then yes, the battery I'd expect to fall right down. But I'm not noticing the battery on this dying off in any kind of worrisome way. Yeah. Which I think is, is interesting, you know, and, and that's good. I mean, I, I can get it. No, I don't know. Of the, course. The question is, what is that decline like when you really start using it? Is it rapid? That's where the problem lies, right? So at the moment, okay, yeah. I'm at 75% and everything's good, but then I start using it and suddenly it just drops by 30%. That's a problem. We don't know that yet. Uh, but I think a combination of factors are at play here. iOS 15 um, is, is more efficient. The A15 Bionic chip is more efficient, coupled with the software. That helps. Yeah. And they've put a larger battery in. So it was like 1,800 milliamps versus just over 2,000 milliamps on this one. So there's a difference in battery size, and it's more power efficient as well. So with all these combination of factors, this should be the perfect SE in terms of the battery. And I think it is. I think you're going to see marginal improvements when it comes to performance and battery life. I, I haven't got one in my hand, you have. so. But 
I would expect to see slightly better performance than the 2020. So if you're running the 2020 now, unless there's any real, you know, it's a free upgrade or you really, you know, the battery health maybe is is going down, then I wouldn't see the need to update to the 2022. But I mean, not... it's, I'm not saying it's a bad phone. Perfect phone if you just want to get into the iPhone, but or, or if you've got an older phone, maybe an iPhone 6S, 7, 8, whatever, then uh, yeah, go for it. But if you've got an iPhone SE 2020 already, I can't really see the need for a 2022. No, I can't either. Unless, like I say, unless the battery is a real problem for you performance-wise, I don't think you're going to see enough of a difference to need to make the jump. My mother's iPhone 8, as I mentioned before, that that has been or will be replaced when I go and see her um, because I've got her iPhone SE 2022 here. Oh, Mother's Day. God, you got to show us all up, haven't you? Do you know, it's funny, right, because I actually didn't think about Mother's Day until this, and I'm now thinking, well, there you go, that's a present, isn't it? Yeah, I got you a new phone, Mum. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, it was all intentional, honestly. <laughs> Flowers are Stick on their way. Stick a ribbon on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Flowers are on their way as soon as someone figures out how to deliver them. Um, but it wasn't the only phone I bought recently. No, no, it wasn't the only one, because um, I did allude to this on the Weekend Edition, but after our conversation on Friday's episode with David Woodbridge, um, it wasn't his fault, but I will blame him. Yeah, it was him. Like like Tim and the um, Bose frames. Yes. Um, yes. David has a lot to uh, answer for with this one. He does, because I've bought myself the uh, Z Flip 3 from Samsung, which is the uh, the folding. It's funny, right? Because it, it doesn't, it flips and it folds, but you, it's not the fold, it's the flip. You've got to get this Correct. right. Yeah. Um, or as I call it, the flip and fold, because that's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, it flips <laughs> and it folds, arguably. So it's a flip well, and fold. The fold opens like a book, whereas this one opens uh, what's the vertically. Yeah, it's like the old clamshell. Just like yeah. the old clamshell devices. Uh, so I did buy one, and I've been playing with it over the weekend, and I'm not hating it yet. I'm not hating it. And uh, and let's not forget, this is an Android-powered phone, and we know your history of Android, Stephen. Well, this is it. But everybody that seems to come on here to talk about Android is the same. We've all dabbled our toes in the pool of Android. Yes. Dabbled our toes? That's not right. Is it dangled? I like it. No. Dangled? No, I, I, no, I don't like that word. Okay, Let's we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've all, we've all put our toes in the water around Android. We've all, you know, sort of thought, hmm, interesting. Yeah, feels a bit too warm. Uh, so, you know, I'll stay out for now. But. Now I'm kind of I'm more interested in it because I think there's been huge improvements to talk back. Samsung, Google working together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's definitely coming through. And I just want to spend a bit more time with that. Plus, I am looking for a secondary device, and I really was looking for a second a good secondary device. I didn't just want to have any old Android phone, just to have an Android phone. So this one appealed because of its uniqueness. And the fact that it, f it folds over, which is just it's so cute. It's, just, it's so cute. <laughs> I love clamshell phones. so nice. They are so cool. Back in the day, you know, I used to get cases for them and uh, with yeah. little LED lights in <laughs> little them. Little leather know, ones. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, they are just so cool. But there's just, there's nothing like answering a call by opening it up and slamming it shut again. It, 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 that just feels so good. I will say, though, compared to previous models, I mean, think about the Motor Razor, for example, which I would say is the closest this. Yep. You can maybe think about this. Hello, Moto. Hello, Moto. Um, I used to love that. I mean, it was totally bizarre things that used to come up on that screen sometimes. You think, what is this? Um, but yeah, similar idea, but I would say this is much more solid. Um, 
And I would argue in, in some respects that's a bit of a negative because it gives it a bit of weight. I mean, it is a bit of a paperweight as it is. No um, way. It's not That's light. a good thing. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a solid piece of kit. Quality. But, but it's, it's not that flip thing that I was kind of wanting. You know the old phones? You would just flip them open with your thumb. You'd stick your thumb in there and you just flip oh, yeah. them open. You yeah. can't do that with this. You'd break a finger. You need <laughs> you two hands to cool, open this. You just want to be cool. Yeah. You? you want to be all fonzy with it. I know. I do. I want to get back. I want to be in the 90s, you know? Yeah. I'd pull my aerial up and flip it open and go, you know? That's what I want to be doing. I want to be in well, Wall Street. I would, ex- <laughs> I would expect it to be a weighty thing because this is not a entry level. I mean, this is the total opposite to the SE we were just talking about, right? Yeah, this is high end. Yeah, this is high end. I mean, and it's a good, it's a beautiful phone. £950 to buy this base model, I think, base model. Um, I got the 128 gig version, which I don't think is base, but it was the 128 I went for just because I didn't really know what I'd need in terms of space in it. And there's no point having to or try and increase that later in life because um, yep. you can't. But what really, uh, you know, David's conversation, what really stood out for me was the part about the front screen because this little front screen that it has on it where the two cameras are, um, which, you know, all of this can be accessed without even opening the phone. And all of it's accessible as well with TalkBack. So if I double tap the screen. 1217, system UI, 1217, Saturday, March 26th, Saturday, March 26th. Use fingerprint or swipe with two fingers to unlock. Now, it says all that. And then you think to yourself, okay, I, I don't know why it's telling me to use the fingerprint because it can't use the fingerprint in this particular situation. Um, Is the fingerprint scanner in screen? It, well, it's not in the front screen that I'm aware of. So I don't know how you would no, no. use that. I, I don't know if that's just... I don't know if that's just reading a widget that would be the same widget when you open the phone. Yes, it doesn't know that's an outside screen, as no. it were. Yeah. But what's cool about it is, so you, you, once you've doubled, and obviously it turns the screen off quite quickly after that because all it's doing is telling you the time, but you can access other things just by two-finger swipes. So if I double-tap on the front screen again, I get the time. 12.18. And then I can 12.18. swipe left. Edge panels, Ed, music. Page three of seven. Music. Next alarm, page four of seven. I can get alarms. Voice recorder, page five of seven. Even a voice recorder on there. Cool. Timer, page six of seven. Timers. Add widget, page seven of seven. I can add other widgets as well. Um, and I can customize all this in the software, which is really cool. So I can do all this inside the phone and Sorry. I can decide what works, what I want on the front. And I guess with other apps, they'll open up other opportunities in the front. You know, for a lot of it's going to be for notifications, it's going to be useful. I did find it great that I could, you know, for notifications, for example, just swipe up and down to go to the different notifications and find out what they are. Um, it is just a reference screen. You're not going to be able to do much more than that. But at least the information's available without having to open the thing up. So it's just sitting there next to you. And it's great. And David used the example of Audible. He can listen to an Audible book without opening the phone. And he can control it. He can pause. He can go to the next chapter. He can do what he needs to do without opening up the device. So... There's a lot you can do with it. And even that voice recorder feature, that's pretty that's pretty nifty. It is. It sort of reminds me of having, you know, people say, why do you have the Apple Watch? And it's sort of for that reason. It's just for that widget, for quickly doing something, for reading notifications. And that's sort of what this um, front side screen does. Yeah, it does. And it's it's pretty decent. So, okay, so now I'm going to open up the device. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how quick it is at logging in. So I, I don't know if I said this to you earlier wrongly. I, you asked me about the fingerprint sensor being under the screen. It's not actually. It's on the side. 
So ah, right. it's not okay. on the it's, it's on the side, which is quite hard to find. I mean, it's there's a little bit of a ridge, and you have to be to, to try and find it is interesting because as soon as you get your thumb near it, it recognizes you. So in a way, it's kind of good. It figures yeah, it out yeah. <laughs> in advance. So I'm just going to put my thumb on it now. The device unlocked. And that's me in. So, you know, very quickly, and I'm in there. Very nice. Um, and again, just swiping round. Internet, three of five messages, two of five on the phone, one of five on the dock, phone, so, camera, four of five on the dock. I mean, and you can obviously, you can hear that's Ava. I've put on the vocalizer TTS voices on this, so I've chosen Ava. Um, you know, it's very responsive. You know, there's none of the issues that you would have with Android that you might think about. You can definitely feel the what would you call it the, bear, the crease the, the crease the, the, yeah the, the yeah whatever you want to call it yeah the crease is a good it, word for where it. it curves yeah I, it's a bit more pronounced than i'd like um i don't remember it being that pronounced on the razor um but in saying that considering you know it's, it's not really relevant to anything it doesn't really get in the way of anything um and you know in some respects it's not bad if you if you use it as a kind of location area you know if you know where something is on the screen that's true. You can yeah, kind of use so, it as a, a landmark. An yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful device without a shadow of a doubt. The screen is huge when you open this thing up. I mean, it's like six point seven, you know, inches. It's huge. It's a big, big screen. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm seeing this as a, you know, a small, small phone. I think they could have brought a mini version of this out. Yeah, I mean, they could have made yeah. something smaller here. It does feel a bit big when it's opened up. Uh, there's a lot of real estate on that screen. Um, but again, you know, for people who who want that, that's that's fine. I mean, it's a beautiful device, and when folded up, it is really really neat. It fits beautifully in the pocket. You know, it's in the pocket. You're not going to worry about it falling out or sliding out. I like that. Um, I'm really I'm really intrigued to spend some time with this. You know, I think it's going to be a lovely device, and and like I say, Android is doing really well. Um, Talkback is is good. There's a couple of things already I'm a bit annoyed about. For example, being a Samsung phone, you can't seem to change the home button which is actually that fingerprint sensor, you can push that in and you can use it to activate your assistant, but you can only have Bixby on there. You can't seem to change it to Google Assistant, which is a bit mm. weird. I mean, for, for all I hear about, you know, well, Android's great because you can customize everything except the thing you want to customize, and it doesn't let you. Um, there is <laughs> yeah. a way to do it. But I was going like, to say, there, there will be, yeah. but you'd have to hack your way through, uh, yeah, root kits and things like that. Or well, whatever. that's right, because what they say is you've got to remap the button. So you have to download a piece yeah. of software from some website and then you download that from, you know, from dodgy.com and then you install this and you, you know, remap a button. And I mean, it's, it's not the most complicated process, but I just think surely they could just have put an option in there to say, <laughs> yeah, for this home button, do that. I want to do this. Lady a. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, because they want you to use Bixby. But Bixby's terrible. <sighs> they don't know that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Bixby, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, I, pre I would have preferred to have Google Assistant because that just makes sense to me. I want To me, I'm on a Google device. I know it's not a Google device, it's Samsung. But And this, to me, is sometimes the problem with Android is, is not Android itself. I actually quite like the Android approach. It's just that the other manufacturers add on their own ways to do things. Um, yep. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to slam Samsung too much because I think they've done a great job with Android and TalkBack. I mean, they've put a lot of effort into this. Uh, they've worked very closely with Google. And in fact, the interesting thing is a lot of what Samsung have created has gone into this new version of TalkBack, which is very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, and that, that applies to every device. So, you know, I'm not going to slam them too much. They do make beautiful devices. Without a shadow of a doubt, they make gorgeous yes. devices. And um, I look forward to playing with that. And I'm going to be hooking them up 
to my Sony Link Buds that I've got. Oh, God, wow. It's like Christmas. Christmas time. Um, <laughs> you the... and Rebecca, you get so much tech. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I love it. And and this is all David Woodbridge's fault and uh, Marco Flalo's fault and Double Tap. I mean, basically, I blame yeah. anybody but me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, th- these these little buds, I mean, I'll be honest, again, I'm not convinced that these Sony Link buds are great for music. And I'm very surprised about that because when it comes to Sony, music quality is what you're expecting. You know, you expect high quality audio. That's what I've always, yes. from the day... From my very first experience of Sony, which was a CD player, a separate CD player with a pair of Sony headphones plugged in, and I was blown away at what I was listening to. Yeah. Um, you know, to today where you have the, you know, the, the, the world beating noise cancelling headphones that they've created, which I didn't buy. I didn't buy those ones, but everybody raves about them. Yeah. Um and you know, those are, are wonderful as well. But these I'm just I don't know. I like the Walkman, by the way. I well, you know, I love my Walkman. <laughs> With the foam orange uh, headphones, ah, oh, gorgeous! And, uh, <laughs> the, me- the, the the thinnest metal, metal they could find. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I looked, I looked every you know leg warmers on me, uh, DD boppers or whatever they were on me head. Ah, I looked stunning. And that was just last week. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, I think what I like about all this is that you know, because obviously the problem I've got is you know you don't, you don't have AirPods. You can you can use AirPods with an Android device, of course you can, but you know why would you, right? Yeah. yeah. So this will be useful to bring this in, and it's interesting you mentioned the Walkman because that was the other reason that I was actually quite excited by this phone. The interesting thing here is obviously with the and I didn't occur to me until I got it that with the Android phones you can connect them to your PC, so you can do a little bit of what you can do with an iPhone in the Mac ecosystem, a little bit like mm-hmm. that. So you've got the ability to make calls. From your PC, from my understanding, you can make you can send texts. I don't know how good all this is, uh, but I know, for example, there are apps on yeah. your Microsoft machine called Your Phone, which you're supposed to link the two together, and it is possible to do this. I, I don't know how, but I'm kind of looking forward to exploring that and seeing if, if that works. I mean, will it be as smooth? Will it be as accessible? I don't know. I got a feel. I tried this when they first introduced it, and I didn't get on with it at all. But then again, I didn't really, you know, dive into it to make it work. I'm hoping it's a lot better now because when you set up Windows for the first time out of the box, it does say if you've got an Android phone, hey, yeah. you know, do you want to uh, set it up to work with Windows? Which, as you say, on the face of it, sounds fantastic as long as it's accessible. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see how you get on with that now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Samsung have any of their own apps that would connect it together. I know, for example, Dell does. I mean, Dell has this... Um, and I don't know if it was Dell that actually created the Your Phone app, but you know, I know anytime I've ever used a Dell computer, that's been what comes up. It always comes up and says, "Oh, you've got this ability to connect your phone and your computer together." Whereas yeah. Microsoft seems to have that now built in proprietary, so you can use it with any Android phone. Um, so yeah, I'll be intrigued to try that and see how that plays out. Um, I didn't opt for the Galaxy Watch Four that Rob, that uh, David talked about. That may not surprise you. I didn't opt mm, for the watch. It wasn't particularly glowing on that one. No, I think that's no. putting it mildly. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan. He wasn't a fan at all. But, but well, I'm gonna... hoping Samsung will send me a flip, so I'm just going to say he wasn't glowing on that one rather than he hated it. I see what you're doing there, yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we, the, reason we've, the reason David and I have bought our Samsung phones is because... They won't send us any. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't get Samsung to send me one of these out. 
Um, Hang on, though. Going back to the Sony uh, links, hmm. right? Because you're saying the sound quality, it's, sound quality isn't 100%. But to be fair, I mean, the actual name of these, the Sony Link Buds, and they're saying link because it's about the um, linking your digital life with reality. So these are open-backed design, like uh, open-backed headphones that you get. People may not know, but you can get over-the-ear headphones which have uh, no sort of back casing on them. And you, it's almost like it's a, it's a weird listening experience, isn't it, when you use open-backed stuff? It is. It takes away something. You know, you cannot possibly, and let's be frank about this, you cannot expect to get hi-fi audio quality in a headphone and at the same time hear everything else that's going on around about you. The only way you can exactly. do that is to walk around with a speaker in a trolley <laughs> next to you on your left side and another speaker on the right side in a trolley as you walk along with two people pushing them either side. Um, and that's not convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously... I mean, I, I, I imagine someone like Ariana Grande can do that because she's got the people. Uh. Yeah, I'd apply for that job. That sounds good to me. Yeah, but the point I'm making <laughs> Which is... Which one? That... <laughs> are you Ariana Grande in this or are you the speaker pusher? <laughs> yeah, I'm the trolley pusher. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much this is all about the sound quality and more about uh, sort of like how we would treat the aftershocks or, or even the Bose frames, you mm. know? It's not about the audio quality. It's about being able to hear your phone or whatever and still... Be in yeah, the real no, world. I, I get all that, but I think it's, the problem is it's Sony, and you just have an expectation from Sony that it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, aftershocks. It's not that I'm not expecting it to be brilliant, but I expect it to be good in a different way. And aftershocks is good for that. It's brilliant for open ear. You can listen to music if you want. It's not going to be quite as immersive in the same way as it would be if you. No, it's going to be ears, terrible. Let's yeah, be fair. it's not. It's not brilliant. No, um, but great for voiceover. Great for navigation. Great for all those things. Uh, the Bose frames as well. You know, yes, arguably you can listen to music. You know, you can also arguably listen to music through a £2 Bluetooth speaker. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's not going to be as good as listening to a Sonos. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, and, and there needs to be expectation on that. But yeah, I think these these don't sound as brilliant as I expected them to. It's not a bad sound. I mean, it's not it's not horrible by any stretch. But it's just not quite as fully formed. But then it can't be because ultimately... It's more about leaving the, the, the environment open. I'm not entirely convinced about all this yet. So, you know, I'm not. I'm hoping to get out mm. a bit more because now the COVID's gone, I can get out again. I want to try these in the real world because um, I think that'll be the, the, the proof in the pudding. Sitting in, sitting in your house on your own yeah. in silence yeah. is not the best way <laughs> to describe no, no, but how these work. You did say, look, the whole point for me, as I keep droning on about is that these are just you put them in and sort of forget about them and you know it mixes with the real uh, real world yeah but I, you did say that you didn't find them particularly comfortable and for for me that's mm. the, that's the game changer if you don't find them uh comfortable then they fail right away no matter what the sound quality is like if you can't bear them in your ear for more than that hour forget it well i mean i've tried wearing them in various different ways and i found one way that i could hear them <laughs> And they seem to hold in. And that's so, putting them in your ears. And yeah. that's putting them in my ears, yes. Uh, <laughs> didn't try eating them or sticking them in my nose or any of that, you know. Um, but, you know, I I don't know. I just don't find them as comfortable. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. <sighs> the best example, the best example of transparency and audio quality combined is the AirPods Pro. 
I yes. think that is the best example. Now, they do push in your ears, so some people don't like that, but I would say they don't push in your ear as much as other equivalents do. I mean, the Beats, for example, um, any, frankly, any little ones with little squishies on the end that you've got to push into your ear, I, I just don't really get on with them at all. The AirPods Pro was the one, the one I wore that I did not feel like I was wearing it all day and getting sore ears as a result of it. And at the same time, getting high quality audio and getting great transparency. It was, I, I, I remember trying them for the first time in the Apple store. That was the first time I tried them. And, and if you've been in an Apple store on a busy Saturday, this was pre-pandemic, it was a busy day and, you know, it's a noisy place. Yeah. The sound just disappears when you turn transparency mode off. Then you turn it back on and you can hear everything clearly, but in a kind of a, a comfortable, calm way. It's not as... It's not as loud. It's a little bit. It's not muffled either. It's very hard to describe, but it's just quite a almost like a controlled noise, as if what's oh. coming into your ear just isn't being. And you know, in all seriousness, I've heard friends of mine who've got kids with autism saying that they use these now. They use the AirPods Max. They use the AirPods Pros because they're kids with autism who don't react well to loud, sudden, loud noises. I actually find this quite useful because any sort of you know, if a, if a car backfires or something, you know, oh, yeah, the, the audio. Um, cancellation is is amazing on these as well. I always remember um, uh, Linus from Linus Tech Tips. Um, he wears them all the time. He wears them in in bed to sleep yeah. because he finds them so comfortable. And he's using an Android phone, right? So these aren't like his essential to his uh, Apple ecosystem at all. But he says they are the best headphones because they are so comfortable, and the audio cancellation is is just incredible noise cancellation i should say i'm not going to be able to use these though fully with my android phone am i am i, am I going to get the benefits out of them what the airpods mm. the pros uh, no no not 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 really no it's kind of annoying isn't it i mean this but, one, he, that's, but that's my point though he loves the design and the fit so much that you know he, he doesn't he doesn't really care he will still choose them over anything else because they're just so comfortable. But don't you that's, think this is silly? I mean, this is what I find out. Samsung to some degree, but Apple especially, I find really frustrating about things like this because, you know, and I never thought I'd be saying this on this side of the feds, but here I am with an Android phone and I, I'm i thinking about all the things I'd like to do with this phone. I mean, for example, I, I do love the fact that you can easily connect it to a computer so you can get, you know, audio that you want to put on there, on there. Like, for example, I've got a lot of CDs and stuff that I've ripped on the computer over the years. They're in files, they're in folders, they're set up in a way that I'm comfortable with. I don't really want to have to go through a third-party app. I just want to just copy them straight onto a device, like the Walkman. You know, just copy them straight across to a device and take them with me. I mean, the way I yep. do that at the minute is with a Victor Reader, but that's not a great listen, to be honest. No. You know, you can plug in a pair of AirPods Max to that, but it's not going to sound that great. Um, whereas if I can plug it into something like this or connect, you know, a decent pair of headphones to this, I mean, this is going to give me great audio. Now, if I could hook up the AirPods Pros to this or the AirPods Max, it'd be brilliant. Why can't they just release an app that lets you do that? Because don't don't you think that Apple would then just get more customers? Is this, am I being naive here? But wouldn't they get more customers from people who are saying, you know what? I'm not an Apple guy, but I love the AirPods Pros, and I can now have them on my Android phone. Oh, we've just doubled our sales. Yes, uh, but I think you could say that with a few things, and, and some of the decisions that Apple makes just still baffles me, you know. But um, yeah, I, mean, I, no, I understand the iMessage ecosystem. I understand they don't want to open that up because that then you know that takes away from the sales no, of iPhones. I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that as well. But, but opening up a product like AirPods 
to more people doesn't do that. It's the exact opposite. It's not like people are going to say, oh, well, I'm going to buy, I'll buy an Android phone now because I've, I can buy AirPods. Nobody's going to say that. If people, no, are, true. if people use an Android phone, that's great. But if you can say, well, hey, I can have this as well, it just seems to me it's, it's, it's like a separate market in a lot of ways. You know, the headphone market, I mean, you wouldn't, you, you, you don't get this with Beats, for example. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say, and, and I'm sure people would email in and say, well, you know, Stephen, remember that Apple do have particular chipsets inside the devices that connect with these devices to give them a lot of these functions. I understand that. So there's a hardware connection there, which is maybe where the problem is. Um, maybe you can't yeah, open maybe. that up because you'd have to open up that hardware to other manufacturers as well, and they maybe don't want that because then that does start to pull away from the from from people buying iPhones. I don't know. I just Apple always seems to me like a company that are running scared from from you know like a boogeyman, but no one knows who the boogeyman is. And it, I can tell you now, it ain't Android. No, no, but it's that. I mean, at its core, at Apple's core. Okay. Hey, at hey. its core, it's about the walled garden having total control over every aspect from manufacturing to end user to retail to the software yeah. and everything in between. That's what Apple wants total control of. So they're not going to give it up for anyone. But you're absolutely right. I mean, what, what would they lose by opening it up to, you know, a billion odd Android users? Nothing. They can only gain from it, but they won't. Okay, I want to finish on this email that came in from Rebecca because she's uh, come up with an episode idea. And I like this one. We've never done this on the show. And it's partly because we don't have a clue what we'll be talking about here. So we need to get no. somebody on who knew what they were talking about. Um, have you ever thought about interviewing blind programmers? Oh, mm. now that is good. Yes. She says the team at iAccessibility comes to mind. Uh, she's pointed me to an article. Uh, she says... Um, you know, you talk a lot about personal responsibility. And she says, you know, part of that includes learning new skills to find better employment. She says, now I've tried and failed at programming at times, but I have been inspired by the work of so many volunteers with and without disabilities. You know, that's such a good point. It is. So I, I think we do need to get into this. And I actually, you know what, I really share that view on the, on the personal responsibility because I do talk about this a lot. And that is part of it. You know, it's not just about saying I take responsibility. It's about saying, well, what am I going to do? I, I, my example of this that I bring up quite a lot is when 2017 happened and my site got worse and I had to figure out how to stay in a job. And the only way I could think of doing it was to learn JAWS. I really had to learn JAWS quickly because otherwise I couldn't use a computer anymore. Yep. So I did. And, you know, it's not like a hooray or you know, what a hero or any of that. It's nothing to do with that. It was just I had to do this for me in order to stay in a job. But it was on me to do it. No one, you know, no one could stand, you could stand there and tell me to do it. But if I didn't realize the value in it and realize the importance of it, I could stand and shout and say, well, these computers aren't accessible. This is all terrible. Therefore, I have two options. I can either just give up work altogether or I can just, you know, stay at work and you can pay me for nothing. And I know people who sounds good. I, I know people who do this. I know I've <laughs> known people over the years who just love to stand back and say, "Well, it's not my problem; it's your problem." And there's a lot of that going on in the community at the moment. There's a lot of so your problem; it's not my problem. Actually, yeah. it is a combination of both, and it's up to us to try and take some control back. And I think you know, if you are wanting a job, you've got to have the skills. And yeah, I think that pro programming is actually an area where I think a lot of blind people can excel and do excel. Oh no! Absolutely, programming is is uh, it's a it's a growing 
uh, sector for visually impaired. It's what I did 30 years ago at college was programming. Uh, it was accessible then, you know, and it's even more so now. So absolutely. I, it, it'll be interesting to talk to people who's actually working in that field because it's all very well to say, well, you know, uh, uh, let's say playgrounds on the iPad is accessible now and mm. you can learn coding that way. But when it comes down to actually using it, being productive and creating apps in the real world, you know, what are the, the problems that you face when it comes to accessibility? I'm, I'm really interested in that. So we're going to get into all that uh, in, in the next couple of weeks because I, I'm going to investigate this a bit more and we'll, we'll find the right people to talk to. Um, like I say, it won't be us. I mean, maybe you, you've, you've got more experience than I do and I, I have no idea. Mine was pre-Windows, so no. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters, though. I think the, the, because surely the the... the application is the same ultimately it's about creating something it's about you know making code yeah to make something happen whereas you know and it doesn't really matter what the the technology behind it is ultimately it's the same thing well the big thing now uh, is is the interface of course everything's touchscreen no buttons so it's all about designing the interface the buttons the elements and i i just find well how do you handle that when you're visually impaired because mm. most of the time it's just drag and drop to create an interface yeah. in something like xcode but yeah so it's those sort of problems that you think how do you do that how do you cope with that well well um if anyone out there just now is doing it then get in touch with us uh and if not then you know we'll we'll certainly source some people and we'll we'll get talking about that but you know we just thought we'd get together today and just talk through because there's so many things we, we want to talk about but often we find that it doesn't fit into a particular theme of a, a particular show. So today we thought, since it's Monday, since we're yeah. all feeling a bit better, we'll get by around the table and have a chat about some some cool stuff. Actually, this week we've got a great chat coming up. Robin Christofferson's going to join us, and we're going to put Seeing AI at Lookout as well. Now I've got this Android phone. I'm I'm all Android now, so yeah, you know, you love it. Well, I do love the. I think the Google Lookout app is brilliant. And again, talking about services that should really be existing on other platforms lookout should exist on iphone and seeing ai needs to exist on android that just mm -hmm. has to happen yeah uh, i don't know why it isn't but it's it's not so you know but you know, we're gonna put them against each other and see how they perform some people are saying that you know other apps they're looking at other apps uh and we'll, we'll talk about that because i mean honestly we could open this up to so many different types of apps that are out there now there's there's lots of them and vision super sense i mean uh... You could go on and on. And, uh, yeah, SuperSense is one I don't know a lot about. I don't know much about SuperSense at all. But they're all pretty much the same, aren't they? Yeah. Although by all accounts, someone uh, told me that their barcode reader on SuperSense is the best they've ever used. And apparently yep. it's up there with the ID Mate, which is a very old technology. Wow. And, you know, Greg in Pennsylvania, regular listener. Hi, Greg. I'm sure you're listening. Um, you you tell us a lot about the ID Mate. And you've told me that it's, it's a brilliant piece of hardware. Well, this apparently is just as good. That was the suggestion given to me. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode. Plus lots more. We'll find out about the Ability Summit as well this week. Uh, Hector Minto from Microsoft is coming on. We've got a star on our show. <gasps> wow. Are we going to put a tie on or something? Uh, no. Well, I'm not inviting you on that one. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'll hide under the stairs. Yeah, Sorry. Get back in your cupboard. <laughs> you can't go to the ball. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll also be finding out this week about, and I think this is a great one, Robin's done a demo uh, for us, and really less of a demo and more of an explanation into how to use the Mac, but coming to it from Windows. And I think this is something that will appeal to a lot of people because 
you know, a lot of people, you know, you're using one or the other, right? I mean, you're, you're probably using Windows and you're maybe coming to, I mean, there's probably very few people out there, although there are some who've, who are coming to a computer for the first time, um, but mostly someone's coming to it from somewhere else. So, and more likely Windows. Um, so what's that experience like? That often is the biggest challenge is how do you, you know, kind of square that circle in your head? So uh, we'll, we'll hear that from Robin this week. That's going to be very interesting. He's doing a full demonstration and introduction to the Mac from a Windows perspective. I love Robin. He's oh. so good. He does like the real work around here. You know, we, we're just, I'm just a I fluff, know. you know, I'm just a fluff <laughs> that just kind of, I'm the glue. I don't, what, what are you in this? Glue sandwich? and fluff. This sounds terrible. Let's, let's wrap this up. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap this up should have been the name of this show. <laughs> uh, listen, thank you again, Sean. We'll be back again together soon, I'm sure. We've got lots to talk about this week and um, back on the weekend edition, of course. Uh, for now, though, uh, thank you for listening. And if you want to get in touch, details are coming up here on Blind Guy Talks Tech. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.